Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Fight Like a Girl. I'm Rav and with me is the lovely Lottie. Hi, Lottie. Hi. How are you, Rav? I'm good. I'm good. We are back on schedule with a fun and floaty episode for you on one of our favorite topics, which is surprise, surprise, dating. But before we get stuck into the good stuff, we have a special guest with us to weigh in on today's episode, don't we? We do. We do. So this week we have Imdad Khan joining us. Imdad's actually back by popular demand, having been on an episode of Fight Like a Girl previously. So welcome back, Imdad. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to uh, help to improve your uh, your listening audience. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> the ratings are going to spike. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or like no one's ever going to download this again. So. This could be both a blessing and a curse and we won't know for at least four days. So <laughs> really looking forward to that one. So on today's episode, we are going to talk about how dating is sort of correlating to, I guess, what a sales pipeline might look like. As most people know, Rav and I, our day jobs are in sales. And we talk about this quite a lot, how you are constantly like filling up a sales funnel to get people in to date. So we're going to deconstruct what a sales pipeline looks like and talk about that in the context of dating. And we've got Indad here to join us to talk about what dating is like for a man because I think it's a little bit different for men than it is for women when it comes to apps and all the fun stuff. Yeah, I'm happy to jump straight in. This is really exciting actually. Oh wow, I love the enthusiasm. So I hope none of my employers listen to this and I really hope I don't fuck it up as well. So a pretty general sales process that um, I would follow slash most people follow would include things like lead generation being the first stage of the process, qualification, 
discovery, demo, which I think is going to be the fun, saucy part of this, review and negotiation. And then is it a closed one or a closed lost opportunity? We're going to get our hands dirty discussing what that might look like in a dating context. So Rav, I'll pass to you and um, let's unpack that lead generation piece. Yeah, I think this is probably my favorite stage. I'm not going to lie. Really? You like prospecting? Are you fucked in the head? (laughs) I think lead generation is really interesting because, you know, you're pulling in your prospects and you're evaluating who you're going to be taking that, I guess, first step with, right? And from a dating context, you're probably going to be looking at where are you finding these people? How are you bringing people into your funnel or your pipeline, if we want to call it that? I've never heard or thought about a sales like the word funnel being so hot and sexy before. If anyone pulled out a, a funnel <laughs> while I'm about to demo them, I'm done. <laughs> need I to mean, have a conversation. I could see how it would work. It could come in handy depending on what you're into. We're not going to kink shame anyone here. But Imdad, why don't you kick off first? Talk to us about how you find people to date. I don't think it's any surprise. I think the number one is still the apps as the go-to, right? But to be fair, like even though there's like three or four different apps, they're all they're all fucking the same, right? You see the same people on there. Mm. And mm-hmm. in terms of prospects, I'm like, fuck, like you're on every single app. You probably see me on the app and be like, oh, this loser's still single. Well, we're spreading ourselves incredibly thin. And then when it comes to actually meeting people in real life, because that's obviously another option, but I feel like people have forgotten how to interact as well. So even though you might see someone as a prospect, um, you go over and be like, oh, fucking, I don't even know how to talk to you. So um, just give me a number and we'll just virtually have a chat first. You have the dating apps, but I think a sleeper app that people do not think about traditionally as a dating app is Instagram. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. Shit you not, the amount of lead generation you can get through Instagram is phenomenal. And I, I would I would say I get much more success from Instagram than I do in any other dating app. Really? Yeah, because um, I, I guess it depends. Like with the dating apps, I feel like there isn't an opportunity to know what that person is like, whether they're fun or whether they're like silly or whether they're serious or smart, or whatever it may be. So if you start following someone on Instagram, I don't necessarily go straight in. I'll kind of, oh God, this sounds so fucking creepy. But I... um. <laughs> Kind of like, oh man, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but you kind of watch their profile a little bit to see like, okay, cool. What's their stories like? Like, do they like the same things as me? Are they um, into music and all that sort of stuff? And then you might slide into their DMs after that. So I feel like that's one of those sleeper type of apps that people don't necessarily think about as a dating app, but people certainly use it as well. Yeah, I think that that's a very um, male to female thing, like sliding into DMs and things like that. But yeah, I've never thought, I mean, the one time I slid into some guy's DMs, he just like left me on red. So I'm a little bit scarred because, you know, it just takes one round of rejection to really fuck with my head. Rav just gets like 10 voice notes of me like deconstructing it. And then I'm like, had my therapy session and I'm fine. (laughs) But you said earlier, like, are we going to blow out like your minds or something with like any other options? I feel like whenever Rav and I go out together, our chances of picking somebody up in person, like skyrocket. Every time we go out together, it's just like, (laughs) 
We can't share these stories. Just remembering, I just remember the time that I um, ordered $60 worth of McDonald's while you were preoccupied and just uh, <laughs> ate it in the room next to you. Hey, I, actually, I think I remember this story as well. Oh, All right. Yeah. Okay. That's solid. It's one of my favorites. Moving swiftly along. I am, I'm a fan of like the old fashioned in-person pickup. Like I remember um, probably, I think it was like this time last year when we were getting like plunged into another immediate lockdown. Like it was three o'clock in the afternoon and they were like, that's it. You're in lockdown from midnight. Everybody went to the pub. I'm not sharing what pub in Melbourne it is because it's my hookup pub, not yours. The energy in there was palpable. People were just like, yes, like let's just like shag for one last legal time and then just like forget each other. So I don't know. I'm a fan of like actually going out and I don't know, picking somebody up IRL. I would agree with you. I think, you know, ever since COVID happened, I'm a lot more open to the in-person stuff. Whereas I think before, if a guy would try and, firstly, I don't think anyone really wanted to come up to me because I've got severe like resting bitch face. So I'm I'm not going to deny it. You are, um, let's not call it severe resting bitch face. Let's call it like, intimidatingly beautiful come on it's it's not that I just think I look very unapproachable but it's okay (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll take it for what it is and I think COVID has being in like solitary confinement has just made me like really open to speaking to people however I have to say if people are still trying to pick me up when I'm out I still don't take them that seriously like I know what the motive is there, I don't think it's usually going to be anything more than just a smash and dash. Yeah. But when it comes to things in real life, I have had a few experiences now, like just at the supermarket or something like that, which hasn't happened in a really long time or ever. Wait, which aisle? Which aisle would you get picked up in? I think it was actually the, the aisle with all the moisturisers and condoms and Fuck, all that. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Were, you, were you looking at condoms? Or was no, it like I was just buying toothpaste. <laughs> Anyway, I did actually have this weird experience and this is probably something not to do if you want to make it through the lead generation phase and you want to get on the board as a prospect. I have this local shopping centre. I'm not going to name what it is because we don't need people going there. It's Rav's local pickup shopping centre. No, it's more because then people will know who this person is. So I'm not going to say it. But anyway, there's a butcher there and I have to walk past this butcher to go to the supermarket and there's this guy that would just like stare at me through the window. And I was like, nah, this is just in my head. I'm also quite blind. So I just thought, nah, he's not looking at me. And then he started yelling shit out, like as I'd walk past. What? <laughs> hey, what's he saying? He's just heckling Rav. He'd be like, love you. Or as I'd just be like almost out of eye shot, he'd be like, morning. And I would just be like, are you fucked? Like, why don't you say something when I'm a little bit closer, firstly? And why are you doing it right as I'm about to, like, walk past? So if I turn around and you're not actually talking to me, I look like a fucking idiot. That happened a few times. And then eventually the Instagram stalking started to happen. Do you go to this butcher to buy stuff? Like, how did he find you? I feel like we need an entire episode on the stalking abilities of women. don't, Don't do that because if you give me this secret, I already use Instagram as one of those like things of like, Hey, I might use this as a tool to like engage with women. If you give me the secrets of Instagram, I'll end up on punky or, or something where they're just like, avoid this person. Cause he's the creep. Like I'll be, I'll be that Brown person that's in your DMs. Like, hello, hello, hello. 
Hello. Hi. But Rav, tell me, how did that, okay. So they found, they found you on Instagram. No, no, I, I did this because I just wanted to, I wanted to put my mind at ease. Firstly, I got egged into this. I was at brunch with my friend one day after gym and she also goes to the same shopping center and she was talking about how attractive this guy is. And I started telling her my experiences with him. And I was like, does he do that to you as well? Does he just do it to every girl that walks past? She was like, ah, no, you need to like find him on Instagram and slide into his DMs. And I was like, no, anyone who knows me, I'm not that forward. I hate fucking Bumble for that reason because I have to make the first move. I was like, I'm not going to follow him. I'm literally just going to like one of his photos and see what happens. This guy turned into, started off as being a little creep and then he lives in your mind rent free. And then you're like, I'm going to like one of his, this is amazing. He's really good looking and he's, um, I can confirm. Yeah. He's, he's a very attractive man. Anyway. So then he instantly likes one of my photos back. And then I just left it and then he starts reacting to my stories and then starts liking other photos. Anyway, fast forward, we've now followed each other on Instagram and he still yells out to me when I walk past the shopping centre, but he hasn't actually made any real moves. So I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm about to drop you out of the, you haven't even made it to qualification yet, right? Like you're at lead gen and Mm. you're kind of just wasting my time. All right. Can I ask this question, right? Because this this is a slippery slope for me. Mm. I know a lot of people get great success work and the gym. Mm. Are these good places, right? Because for me, work is really like an either a, a no-go zone or, yeah, because I know heaps of people who I've met at work, mm. um, but that can be very dicey. And the gym is like, Fuck, if things go pear-shaped, having to find a new gym or get stressed when you're trying to go to the gym can be a major turnoff for a lot of people, but clearly people are doing it. So I don't know whether that's like, yeah, go for it, or people are like, nah, man, just don't bother. Work is a no-go for me. And also um, I work fully remotely and I'm the only Melbourne employee. So unless I wanted to fuck myself, which I do, um, <laughs> my options are pretty fucking limited. Yeah. It's like works a, works a no vibe for me. Work gossip is hard enough than having to face that person that you had like really shit drunk sex with after like some crusty sandwiches at a conference. Fuck that noise. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat as Lottie. You don't shit where you eat. So I wouldn't, I've never hooked up with somebody that I've worked with. And well, Lottie and I work in a, like a heavily male dominated industry. So mm. we constantly, as you know, hetero women, we are constantly in front of our target audience. Yeah. But no, we just, I just can't. It, to me, it's, it's weird. I immediately friend zone anyone that I work with as well. Like in my mind, it's it's like kissing your brother. It feels weird. It would be weird. Also, my team is like weirdly for the industry that we work in is like my team is like mainly women and gay men. So so then I guess at the end of the day, then we've pretty much your legion is apps and just yelling out to people randomly <laughs> as they walk by. <laughs> I do have a question for you, though, Imdad, and one that I've wanted to ask a man. How many women do you have to speak to to get a first date? Um, How full is your funnel? I would probably say, so if I took um, an example from a couple of weeks ago, I was probably chatting to about eight women and I did not progress any further than that step. Could we argue though that that's not really lead generation anymore? That's qualification. To me, if we're talking in the context of apps, lead generation is you matching with them. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. So it, this is a great segue, like moving on to the second stage then. So I think the qualification stage is where things get really dicey. I think we've all experienced it where you match with someone, right? So you're like, all right, cool. First step done. And then when you mm-hmm. start having the conversations, I feel like that's where things really fall apart because mm-hmm. there's so many things that need to go right. So you could get somebody at a time of day where they're just like, I cannot be fucked talking to someone right now. But the mm-hmm. other person could be in a, at a time of day where they're like, I'm totally happy to engage right now. Mm. Um, and if those don't align, um, you end up in a space where it's just a one-way conversation. Or it could be just one of those situations which I've experienced and I've done it myself. You go through these bursts of like, yes, I'm going to jump on these apps. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to do all the right things. And then within 24 hours, you're like, I can't be fucked. Yeah. And then you just don't put any energy into it. I was chatting to eight women and there was one girl that I was chatting to for like three weeks, right? And it got to a point where I was like, hey, I, I don't want to have pen pals. Can we just meet up for a drink? And she was like, look, I'm really busy. I've got this one. And, and look, all of that may be true, but there comes a point where I guess in a sales terminology as well, like if that qualification component takes way too long, Mm. Like things just fizzle out and like, they're just like, that's no longer an issue for me. So I'm just going to move on. Time kills all deals. Absolutely. I think in our profession as well, one thing that I'm very aware of is when people keep pushing things out, they're not really that serious. So I think in a dating context, it hundred percent translates as well. If you're trying to catch up with someone and they're continuously postponing the meeting or rescheduling the meeting. In a sales process, I'm pretty ruthless with disqualifying people out. I don't know why we don't do that more with dating. I think we probably are more forgiving. I know Lottie and Ike, we are both very different when it comes to this. I think Lottie is a lot more accommodating and empathetic towards people's situations, whereas I'm very much like, usually if you've done it once and you're not trying to make an effort to reschedule, it's a write-off from me. But I think hope plays a part as well, right? In a sales term, right? Let's say you're coming to the end of the month, you've got to make your sales target. And people might be like, oh, I can't meet this this Thursday. Can we do it on Monday? Or oh, I can't meet next Monday. Can we push it out? And you're just like, you know what? I, I feel like this could be something. So you kind of ride the wave. And I feel like sometimes that happens with mm. dating as well, where you're like, I really like this person. They're really fucking hot. When we do chat, it's really good. I feel good. I think this could be something. But trying to get that face-to-face is always elusive, but you always have hope. I think if, like, you've met the person, we're actually at the disco stage or the discovery stage. I think that, like, that's a little bit different. But I think if it's, like, still at the qualification stage, you're still trying to set up that first date. Like, I have a two-reschedule rule. Like, if they've rescheduled twice and they don't have, like, a legitimate fucking reason, like their grandma's died. I'm just like, nah, fuck it. Mm. You can't be that interested. And like, I am someone who is notorious for rescheduling first dates. Like I find them absolutely awful. I do nervous poos before I go on them, even though I do, like I make small talk for a living. That's literally what I do get me in front of a guy that I've never met before and have to make small talk about what they do for a living and what their fun fucking life is outside of that. I can't think of anything worse. I hate it. Yeah. Okay. What are your deal breakers then? What would make that qualification make you just go, this is a dead end. I'm out. Um, I 
am really hard to impress with chat. I fucking hate small talk. And like, I'm a very, very good read on people as well. So if I can read that, that like I would destroy that person and I would eat them for breakfast, that's when I'm like, nah, you're out. Which to be fair is actually most men. So yeah. Okay. Do you have deal breakers rep? Like on the first interaction you've matched, what's something they might say that just goes, oh, you fucking idiot done what's your what's your background you're done if that's if you're if that's what you're opening with and that's the most interesting thing that you can think of to talk about you're already boring as batshit like think of something else I almost could have like an entire photo album that I could print off and send to you of screenshots that you've sent me of men being like what's your nasho it pisses me off that people don't know the difference I've said this so many times I have a doll if I had a doll off every time I've said this I wouldn't need a job but it's like every single time People say, what's your nationality? It's like, why are you just assuming that my nationality is an Australian? Do you know what nationality means? And then what's your background also just annoys me. I don't get annoyed if it's like further into the chat. Even if they've, if it's before they've met, it doesn't annoy me if they ask me later on. But when it's like the first or second thing that they ask me, it really infuriates me because it's like, why is that the only thing that you can think of to ask me? There's, there's, especially if we're talking about dating apps, I've literally given you multiple prompts that you could use to ask me something. There's things in my photos that you could talk about, but instead you're choosing to talk about the color of my skin. The second one is also, I tend to write people off based off of like how slow their replies are as well. Like if they, <laughs> oh my god, do you ever? If they, <laughs> they're sending me a message a day, I'm already bored. Like one message a day, I can't do that. Like I get it, we've all got shit going on, but it takes like two minutes. Even a boomer can send a message quicker than that, right? Like I know you can send a message, you can do more than one message a day. I would probably say the third thing for me is honestly when they ask me what I'm looking for, but then they can't answer that question themselves. Oh, fuck me. To me, it's like if you can't articulate what you're looking for, I'm not wasting my time on you. I think that's a completely valid question. People try to overcomplicate what that question is Mm. because I think anytime someone says, I'm not after a relationship, they overthink that objective and think, oh, I'm just here for sex. Mm. My point of view has always been like, I don't know what I'm after just yet because I haven't met that person, but I'm just trying to make connections with people and see where that takes me. If it takes me down a relationship path, happy fucking days, bro. But if it takes me down a path where we're just mates, happy days as well. But also it might be just, hey, we don't gel, man. Like I'm out. And I think a lot of people overthink that question so much Mm. that they just go, oh, I can't tell this girl that I'm like, I I don't know what I'm after because then it might make me look like a fuck boy. But just be honest. Exactly. I I get really annoyed if somebody's like, just go with the flow. That to me gives off fuckboy vibes. Those particular words just go with the flow. And Imdad, you said something earlier that I wanted to comment on when you said you wouldn't want to remove somebody from your pipeline, essentially, just because they keep postponing, right? You never know. It could potentially be a really good deal, right? So that's where I'm going to say... And I know women are really bad for this. I don't know if men do the same. I'd love to hear your perspective on this. But I think women put their eggs in one basket way too soon. Yeah. To your point, you're going to continue to give people opportunities if they're consistently postponing or putting off actually, you know, getting to the next step, which is the first date. Then you need to have other people that you're talking to as well. If you're just wasting your time on that one person, then no, that deal is never going to close. You're never going to hit your number. That's 
an interesting take. For me, I like to have three times what my... We're talking literally, I'm talking about my sales number here. Like I like to have three times that number in my pipeline. So I'm prepared to lose two opportunities for one to pull through. Why would you not treat dating the same way? I think women are probably in a more luxurious position. Um, And this is just anecdotal. But I think at any given point, women will have far more people within their pipeline that have just Mm -hmm. basically liked your profile and are just waiting for you to like them back. Yeah. Um, as opposed to men who are just kind of like, for me, at any point in time, I'll only have maybe the max I've ever had is probably five or six matches. Whereas if I look at my housemate or you guys, you might be able to tell me on Bumble anyway, it sometimes gives you a number of how many people have liked your profile. Hers is always, every, every woman I've ever spoken to is always at 99 plus. Mine says 950 plus. Yeah. It, it's always an astronomical number, right? So yeah. for guys, I feel like even though the pool is very vast, we don't get to play in that pool a lot. My thought process has always been, hey, as a, as a dude, I, I don't have an infinite amount of people. So yeah, you do have that hope. But then eventually, to your point, I think it disappears because you've got to strike while that iron's hot. And once it cools, you're just like, I don't give a fuck. I, um, I had a bit of a, like a swipe yesterday on Bumble just for some shits and gigs. And I now have 16 different conversations going. I swiped for an hour. To get 16, I would have to swipe for the rest of my life. <laughs> Even though I've got like a very shallow pool, you guys know I'm quite high energy, right? And I don't like asking the same questions in terms of like, hey, how are you? How's your day or whatever? My favorite question I ask is sometimes like, hey, if you could have dinner with anyone alive or dead, who would you have dinner with? I love that question. The amount of fucking people that take this so literally is insane. And when I say literally, I mean, people will go, I don't like bringing people back from the dead. So I'm not going to (laughs) answer this question. It's a hypothetical, mate. If you said, hey, you know what? My great-granddad, I really miss him. I'm not going to his graveyard and fucking digging him out going, guess what? He's coming to dinner with us. <laughs> there might be just another simple question like, hey, song or movies, like what's one of your favourite songs that you're listening to right now or a movie that I don't really have a favourite song and I don't really have a favourite movie? I love when people are like, I listen to the radio and you're like, cool. And if you, if you have a flip case as well on, on your phone, if you yes. have a flip case and you... And like you open that up and you start typing with one finger. I'm just like, mate. So I guess we've uh, really deeply unpacked um, the qualification process and in dad's on his way to go and exhume his most recent matches, great grandfather. And um, <laughs> Rav, uh, Rav wants to be text absolutely at least once a day. But now we're at the discovery stage or as us uh, experienced salespeople like to call it the disco stage. So we're going to talk about this in the context of a first date. What's important? What do you look for? How do you qualify out of a first date as well? Like I have gone on many a first date and I don't really go on second dates. What? Okay, unpack that for me. Why? Oh, I am, like I said, pretty ruthless. I have a finite amount of time and I'm also a tourist, so I like to spend most of my time in my home. So if you you have to be spectacular to drag me out of my house and for me to want to spend time with you, I've just not met the one in dad. Let's unpack this a little bit because this is very <laughs> fucking curious, right? I think it's really easy to go, I hate this on a first day. Like, oh, This is all the shit that I hate. Has there ever been a situation where you've gone, you know what, I am going to go on a second date with this person because you've done some really 
specific right thing? Like once or twice. I've been like, yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of into that person and I would absolutely see them again. But I spend a lot of the first date, like qualifying them out again. Like I'm qualifying out through this whole process. Like I remember going on a first date with a guy recently. We went to this really nice restaurant in the city. He was just a perfect gentleman. But the whole time I was like, I really don't like you. Like you are just awful. And I will eat you alive. Like I will destroy you. You will be a husk of a man once you... I finished with me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, and I, he followed me up for weeks for a second date. And I was just like, I'm busy. Like my mum's down. I've got to go to Queensland. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And at the end, oh, I, know I just had to go is. into my, yeah, I had to go through into my notes folder on my phone and like pick out one of my breakup texts and text him and be like, what? <laughs> By the way, that's fucking genius. I'd need to do that. We, we can send you some. Yeah, if you could, yeah. that'd yeah. be great. Rav and I have very different styles as well. Like I, I prefer to have a pretty soft landing for them as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Rav is like, you know what? Didn't work out. I fucking hate you. Don't ever talk to me again. <laughs> I remember Rav told me once. She sent me a screenshot of this conversation she was having with this guy. <laughs> and I wrote back to her and I was like, baby, you 75, you've got read receipts on. And she responded to me and I've never laughed so fucking hard in our friendship. She just responded and she was like, yeah, <laughs> I want men to know the exact minute that I blocked them. Oh, fuck. That is fucking brutal. I have not laughed so hard in my life. Like I was like, that is fucking brutal. And I love the energy because I think that like, you know, men ghost women all the time. So it's totally fine. I'm like excusing our baby. It's like me soft ghosting. It's like I've read it. Soft ghosting. I've got nothing to say. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't think I care. Like it's because I like I'm not trying to be mean and I'm not trying to be savage, but I think it's like I have had some pretty fucking shit things happen to me when it comes to dating and not Mm -hmm. to say that like two wrongs don't make a right but for me the moral of the story is like I wouldn't be doing this to someone who I had been seeing for months like it's usually someone who I've seen maybe once or twice and I just feel like at that point, like you don't really owe them anything. They don't really owe you anything. And I learned that the hard way because I had such high expectations of people so early on. So Mm. now I've lowered my expectations, but it also means you're going to get a little bit less from me as well. I think that the bare minimum that you owe someone is the courtesy of not ghosting them and the courtesy of letting them know I'm no longer interested. And I'm a big believer in like, I think we talked about this the other day, Rav, like ghosting karma. Like Mm -hmm. I do believe that like the Mm -hmm. energy that you put out is like what you get back. And like I've ghosted men before that I know are going to ghost me that I'm like, you know, I'm just not going to even entertain that conversation anymore because I just, you just, you get the energy that it's like wrapped up, but if you know there's momentum and that sort of thing, I think that the bare minimum you can give someone is just a, hey, you know, I had a great time, but I don't feel a connection. I feel like we've gone down the path of like disqualifying out at this stage. <laughs> Such cynical people. But like, how about the things that we look for on a first date? What are some positives that you look for to move them through to the next stage? This will seem super superficial, but someone who looks like they've put in effort for the first date. So like they're dressed nicely. They look presentable. Like that is a first good impression, but also if you're on time, right? Give or take um, five or 10 minutes. But if you're like or like late, 
it leaves a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. And I think just in general, if you don't have to think about the conversations that you're having, like you're having a constant, and I don't know if you've ever done this. I certainly have as well. I'm chatting to somebody and you're thinking about, okay, what's the next question I need to ask to keep this fucking conversation going? That's when I know, okay, well, we're done here. Um, and then there's just like general value stuff, right? Like if you realize they don't have the same humor as you, you know, they're not really into some of the things that you're into. Like for me, a big one is like travel. I think what goes right is like you have, this is so fucking philosophical, but you just get that feeling of like, I really want to see you again. Like mm. I've, I've just really enjoyed my time. I think if you don't have that feeling at the end of the first day, that's yeah. a pretty big sign that this is not going to be a good, good path to go down. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think for me, it's all the same thing. Like I had a really good first date recently and because like the conversation just flowed, we like, you know, have a lot of the same interests, a lot of the same values, didn't judge the amount of wine that I kept drinking. If you're sat there racking your brain about what to think of next to talk about versus like, you know, the conversations that the three of us have with each other, which is like, oh my God, and then I want to talk about this and then I want to talk about that. And oh, it's so funny that you said that that happened because it happened to me and, you know, that sort of stuff, like that sort of energy is really organic and you can't fake that. And if you are faking it, you don't have a connection with that person and it's going to be very, very hard to build on that foundation. I would agree with everything that you said. And I think for us, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because we are so used to, like, we're quite good at getting other people to talk. I find myself in situations where maybe I'm not really seeing clearly that that the conversation isn't as great as I think it is. And the reason for that is because I kind of just go into work mode of, of like asking questions and getting them to yeah. just talk about themselves because everyone loves talking about themselves, right? So I think for me, during the first day, Imdad, like same as you, presentation is a, is a big one to me. If they look like they've just rolled out of bed, it's just I'm going to be looking for an excuse to get out of there really quick. And then the second thing, which kind of ties a little bit back into the qualification part of, of what we were talking about, it's people not looking like they're dating app profiles. That is oh. a big one to me that really, really, really irks me because we are all really busy people and everyone's just getting busier. I don't know anyone who's getting less busy. People are so time poor. If I am going to be taking time out of my day, and it's usually like I like to leave my weekends for my friends. I will rarely go on first dates on weekends. I will only do that during the week. And it really infuriates me when I take time out of my day and I'm already fucking exhausted from like working the entire day and I rock up and you are using photos that are like eight years old. Yeah. I can't say I've ever been on a date that, you know, I've been like, well, you're not that person and you've just used totally different photos. You can tell that it's them, but it's still quite misleading because, you know, they've changed significantly and mm -hmm. it's like being sold a unicorn and then given a donkey. It's not the same. I want the unicorn. I don't want the donkey. Not only do I want the unicorn, I'm also going to be that person that interrupts this episode to tell you that there's going to be a part two. It looks like we've still got a lot to talk about. 
we definitely got a little bit off track during this episode, um, but it was fun. We liked it. And we've still got the juicy part of the dating funnel left to discuss, which is the demo, also known as sexy time. Also wanted to just quickly apologize for the inconsistencies in the audio throughout this episode today. Um, probably going to blame the NBN for that one. Anyway, guys, I hope that you've enjoyed the episode so far. It'll just be me signing off today because Lottie is living it up in New York. As always, thank you for all your support. And if you are enjoying listening to us, please give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast and don't forget to subscribe. Love you lots. Bye. 